Hello world. This is Chris Abalo's podcast experiment and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show. Hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Forgot to really uh, make a statement about that last week. That's okay. I'm sure everybody enjoyed it. American Thanksgiving. I'm sure you had a fine, fine time and hope you didn't go crazy with shopping like so many people. Man, I was last Sunday, I saw people camped out at Best Buy. I mean, that's what, four days in advance because now everybody opens up on Thanksgiving. I don't understand it. I'm thrilled I don't work in retail anymore. And well, let's just hope you didn't go too crazy. Let's hope you did your shopping through Amazon, one of the sponsors of the show. Please make sure you visit chrisabalo.com, click support the show, clear your browser cookies, then click through our Amazon banner and bookmark it because as you may know, or if you don't, I'm going to tell you, Amazon gives us a small commission on purchases you make using the show's Amazon link. So if you bookmark it, every time you shop at Amazon, you won't pay a penny more for your purchases, but Amazon will give us a little taste of your purchase and that will go to support the show. So if you're not already using the Amazon banner, do it now. Get your holiday shopping done from home. It's much better that way. You don't need to worry about driving and dealing with crowds and parking spaces and all the other crap. You'd, you know, let's face it. You have enough holiday stress as it is. We're only three weeks away from Christmas, Hanukkah, and everything else that's going on. You don't want to deal with all that. Do your shopping at Amazon. Once again, crystalball.com. Click support the show. Visit Amazon and all of our other sponsors. And uh, by the way... If you're not currently using Amazon Prime, you should be. And you can also, on that same page, sign up for a free 30-day trial for Amazon Prime, which includes free two-day shipping. It's the holidays. Get the stuff you order faster. Get it in plenty of time for you to wrap it or make somebody else wrap it or whatever. But get it to your door in plenty of time so you don't need to worry about crazy shipping schedules. And, oh, when's it going to arrive and what days aren't the post office isn't the post office working or the other parcel delivery services? You don't ha want to have to worry about all that. You can just take advantage of the free two-day shipping, free one-day shipping, and same-day shipping in certain areas, too. If you live in a city like Los Angeles, like I do, then you can take advantage of same-day shipping if you meet the criteria for it or one-day shipping. Get the stuff the next day. It's totally worth it. Free for 30 days. It'll carry you through the holiday season. So click through the link to sign up for Amazon Prime if you're not already using it. If you are, you can give us a gift as well. We have a link for that too. Amazon is incredible for giving us all these opportunities for you to support the show and you get free stuff. If you're not using Amazon Prime, 30 days, it's free. Take advantage of it. Sign up for it. If you don't keep it, you can cancel it. But once you have it, you're probably going to want to keep it. Plus, you can stream tons of movies, TV shows, music through Amazon Prime. You can stream shows like The Sopranos, the complete series of The Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire. HBO is a deal with Amazon where their content is available not on Netflix, but on Amazon Prime. And it's included with your membership. You can stream albums with Amazon Prime. Get the app for Amazon Music, Amazon Video for your device of choice, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC, your Mac, whatever. Check out Amazon Prime. Everything that's included, it's way worth it. And again, free for 30 days. Get it through the holiday season and uh, get your shipping. Get loads of content included with the free trial. You get the full access to Amazon Prime for those 30 days. So do it if you haven't done it already. Now, speaking of sponsors, 
If you've been listening to the show for the last year, you've heard me go on and on about audible.com. And if you haven't signed up yet, this could very well make you do it because starting tomorrow, which is Tuesday, December 1st, there will be a special link on the homepage of chrisabala.com to sign up for Audible and get two free audiobooks when you sign up on top of a free 30-day trial to try out Audible. Two, that's twice as many as there normally are. So instead of the typical link, which is available on the support the show page, only on the homepage, you will find the link for two free audiobooks when you sign up for audible.com during the month of December. So December 1st through December 31st, use the link at chrisabal.com on the homepage. You'll see it. It's in the bottom right corner. Sign up for Audible, download two free audiobooks, and start your free 30-day trial. Once again, you get the app for all your devices and begin enjoying a, a whole world of books. As I've said many times, over 180,000 titles available from audible.com across all genres, by the way. Biography, autobiography, romance, fiction, science fiction, all sorts of good stuff. I've been an Audible subscriber for five years now. And I love it. Currently listening to Adrenalized by Phil Collin. Not Phil Collins, like the singer and the guy from Genesis. Phil Collin, with an E-N, who's the guitar player, one of the guitar players, for one of my favorite bands, Def Leppard. He just put out an autobiography, so I'm currently working my way through that. Actually, by the time you hear this, I'll probably be done with it. Because it's not an incredibly long book, but since Def Leppard is one of my favorites and have been lifelong favorites of mine, I'm running through it really, really quickly. So odds are by the time you hear this show, I'll probably be done with Adrenalized, which I, of course, recommend as one of your two free books, which you can get, once again, chrisabala.com. Click on the Audible link on the homepage. Two free audiobooks for signing up. Okay, now, with all the shilling out of the way, finally, I've gotten him after all this time. The great Rick Scarry is back on the show today and in the next episode. Now, I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to play this card, the two-part card, because it's somebody who people have been looking forward to, which is the truth. A lot of people have been looking forward to hearing from Rick again because people really enjoyed his appearance all the way back on Cape 4. Rick has been acting for the last 30-plus years, spent a lot of time in radio, and we talked quite a bit about it back in, again, Cape 4, which is May of 2013. So it's been over two and a half years since his first appearance. I've had people ask for a long time, when is he going to come back on the show? You should have him back on. His stories were great. And you're absolutely right. His stories are great. So he's back. We ended up doing over an hour and a half. And because there's a lot of good stuff in there, aside from experience, there's a lot of good nuggets of wisdom. He'll probably smack me for saying this. But because of his experience and all the cool stuff he's done, he has a lot of good things to say about acting, about auditioning. He has a lot of great stories to tell about his experiences. And I figured, you know what, this will be more digestible if I split it into two parts. You could just listen for the straight hour and a half. But I was here, and it was, you know, to kind of take everything in. And I know him socially. In fact, when you listen to it, it's just us laughing and talking because we're friends. Because of all that, we had a great chat, and I thought, well, why not split this up into two 
episodes, not because it was so highly anticipated. And I haven't pulled the two-parter card yet. I know there are shows that do it where they'll have an interview, particularly if it's someone big, and split it up into two shows so you have to listen or subscribe so you get part two right away. One in particular I can think of. They did an interview with one guest, and the show only posts every two weeks. So this one interview, which all in must have been an hour and a half, was split up into 20-minute segments that went out over the course of, and, and that's with an intro and, and an ending and the whole, you know, the whole thing, like I'm doing now. Split it up and put it out in like 15 to 20-minute parts for a show that's released every other week. So while it's cool, like, hey, this show is covered for the next 10 weeks because it's going to be split up into five episodes, it's still like, oh, man, this is going to take a while to get through this whole interview. But each individual segment stands on its own, so I kind of get that. But I haven't played the two-parter card yet, and I am for the purpose of, aside from the fact it's a great conversation and there's a lot of really, really good stuff, I thought two separate 45-minute chats, I figured that would be nice and digestible. You'll hear everything he has to say, and because of the amount of creative types and actors who listen to this show and uh, like hearing from the various performers and other performers and writers who've been on the show, I figured, you know what? There's a lot here. There's a lot to absorb. It's something you can easily listen to a couple of times in the next week until part two comes up. So here it is. Part one, and the next Monday, December 7th, will be part two of our little chat. And uh, I'll be on at the end to say goodbye to you. But for now, let's talk to Rick. Specifically over the last year, as the show has grown, as the, as the audience has grown exponentially, and people have caught up on the earlier episodes of the show, the first wave, there's one person who I've been asked over and over again when they're going to be back. When are you going to have Rick Scarry back on the show? Loved hearing about his experiences as an actor. Well, he's here right now. I'm here? So you are. Oh, well, it's, yeah, I am here. It's good to be here. Good yeah. to be anywhere. Yes. So, welcome back, Rick Scarry. Thank you. Welcome back, sir. And, uh, now that you're sponsored, I'm assuming the uh, check for the first appearance is in the mail. It's post-dated, but it's on the way. Good, good. I'm looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what's funny? I had a weird experience just before coming here. Not to tread into to well-worn kind of comedian territory, but I was walking out, <clears throat> excuse me, of um, of a store and uh, just kind of turned to my left to go back to where I was parking. And there's a, I, well, let's just say bum to use a blanket term, and uh, kind of walking in my direction. He goes, Shecky! And then I kind of paused for a heartbeat or two, and then I turned around and realized there was somebody coming up behind me, walking towards him. But for, I, for a second, I thought, do I look like a young Shecky Green? Like, it was a weird, just <laughs> kind of a strange you moment. Do, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact. I've been called worse. Yeah, I'm, you will be, I've too. Been... <laughs> Don't doubt yeah, just, that. <laughs> around here, in this town? No chance. No. I was so fun. For all, all of you under 30, just look up Shecky Green, find out for yourself, yes, and have yes. a laugh. Or maybe even under 50. <laughs> Maybe watch us through the world part one. Yeah, there you go. And and play uh, pick out the the old timey star. <laughs> that was fun. Just for a moment, it was just I paused for a second. Yes. I'm like, D does he, this guy think you know? Oh well, could have been worse. Anyway, yes. Uh, so welcome back. This thanks, has been thanks. It's nice to be back. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate nice that. Nice to be anywhere. Nice, I, to, yeah. As the old joke used to go. <laughs> nice to be booked somewhere yes, too. Yes. <laughs> booked in here to sit and ch <laughs> chat about your experiences. Uh, Rick, if you haven't uh, caught his first appearance on the show, all the way back on Cape 4. 
and we talk about his, tons of his experience in radio and Star Trek The Next Generation and Babylon 5. His sci-fi credentials are in order. Uh, yeah, now, yeah. now trying to figure out comic book film credentials because, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a job to get. That's true. I really haven't done any comic book movies. Yet. I was booked in one. Actually, really? I was. Um, the one that uh, went down in flames. I want to make sure I get the right one. Um, okay. Seth Rogen, Green... Green Hornet. Green yeah. Hornet, okay. I had a, I'd been hired for a part on that movie, and I kept when we made the deal, I kept saying, I'm not available in the month of September. Mm. I'm only available in the month of October, because I had to be in... in uh, sound real braggadocio i was in <laughs> in london uh, doing something <laughs> and i couldn't um do it until o- october mm-hmm. no problem we made the deal everything was set he was perfectly okay and uh, i'm in london one day and my phone starts ringing in the middle of the night and i pick it up hello is this right yeah it's the second ad on a green hornet and uh your call time for monday is 6 a.m <laughs> And I'm going, uh, no, I don't think it is. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, what? I said, I'm not supposed to work until October, and I'm not available in September. Well, yeah, but they changed the schedule, so now you're going to work Monday. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not. Or are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm actually old enough and did okay enough to say, no, I don't think so. Mm. And she goes, you're, you're not going to show up? I go, no, I'm not. Not unless you send in the G5 for me on Sunday <laughs> afternoon, and then I'll show up, yeah. and then bring me back that, that day, you know. And they go, well, well, no, nobody, uh, what, what? I said, they always have a backup plan. Mm. There isn't a movie or TV show in the world that doesn't have a number two waiting in the wings. <laughs> Give it to number two. And now I'm mm-hmm. kind of glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. And it's okay. It leaves you open to not be. Yeah, so maybe I'm not cut out for the uh, comic book movies. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We'll find one. We, yeah. There, well, now that there's going to be all in, like six a year across all the oh, studios. I, know. I think, yes, it's never going to stop. I think your odds have gone up. They have gone up. Yeah, well, it's true. It's funny, too, because like one of the things I was saying to um, you know, my, my mother complains, oh, everything's you know, shoot 'em ups and you know, action movies and blah yeah. blah. I said, well, action movies been around for for decades. Oh, I said, from the beginning. Once, yeah, yeah. I said, well, once upon a time, I said, when you were growing up, it was all westerns. Yeah, cowboys and Indians. yeah, and not only did those involve guns, but that was the era. Like oh, that, yeah. that was what was what was mainstream at the time, and then it became. You know, as it went to the seventies, it was more you know more serious, dramatic oh, yeah. pieces, longer pieces. Yeah. And I said, you know, there's everything goes in stages. I said, right now it's films based on comic book properties. That's absolutely true. So, Flashbang with zillions of effects. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I said yeah. so. So that's the wave right now. It may not be your thing, but I said everything kind yeah. of cycles, and there will be a point where it's there's there. I mean, like everything has a saturation point, and sure. when there's when there's a new movie every eight weeks <laughs> based on a comic <laughs> property, I think it's gonna. Die down a bit, and when they start to suck, obviously that's going to be the that, that's, <laughs> that, that's that, going to be that's, when the nails. That's, that's the end of everything. Yeah, when it starts to suck. That's when the nails go in the coffin. Yeah, lid. that's true. Um, or at least they start, and then something else will pop up, and then they'll come back again. One well, day. if I'm going to be in one, I want to wear a mask and a cape. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm not in tight tight pants. You know but, what? Uh, you don't want to play a minister or a politician no, or one of those no, other no, roles. No, 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 I could be a bad guy though. Uh, yeah, that, I've you know, actually that'd be been terrific. a handful of bad guys in my life. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. In what? 
Oh, I'm just because your IMDb credits is funny if you scroll through, and I'll put a link to it in the uh, well, Cape see, one thing you post. have to understand about IMDb. They're not exactly 100 percent true or correct. That's they, that's they miss true an too. Enormous amount of stuff. Like mm-hmm. they have me down for one episode of Murder She Wrote, when in fact I did eight. Mm. So they don't. They're they're fact check. I don't know how they do that. I mean, they're pretty close to being accurate, but mm-hmm. they miss a lot of stuff and and. Uh, and they just they're just not absolute. I always tell people it's a great source, may not be true. Yeah. And if you have a couple of different names, uh a good friend of mine has two or three different names for movies and TV. Well, there's two or three different pages. They never put them all together as the same guy. Oh. Uh, that's interesting. And, and that happens, you know. Sure. I th- well I, I think uh pre-internet. Yes. Th- yeah. There there'd be a lot more catching up to do. Like oh, you're listed yeah. for Two episodes of Drew Carey, and you did like a baker's dozen. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that that was and like soap operas. I my oh, I've probably done hundreds of episodes of soap mm-hmm. operas, and if you looked at that, it looks like I've done twelve. You know, so <laughs> but they don't list. They couldn't. They possibly list. You know, hundreds and hundreds of episodes of one show. Oh, for they just, sure. They yeah. can't get and every it. incidental character. And every, to go back, it, it doesn't work. Thirty years, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and update it. But I'm happy it's there. It's a good source of information, just not always exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure there's some some stuff lacking. I yeah. think now that and and now it's grown to where it's at such a pace that anything from the last ten years is probably accurate, and going pretty, forward pretty, will be. Yeah, pretty close. I would say the last ten years because. But then again, sometimes they miss things completely. I've been on shows, and they just never show up, hmm. you know? In fact, the show itself never shows up, which is odd to me. And so it's like, I don't know how they go about determining what goes on or what doesn't go on, because everything doesn't go on there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, I don't know what the credentials are to end up on IMDb. I'm not sure even what the process is when it comes to updating details, because I found out... Within the last month, yeah, I have an IMDb, there you go. which I didn't create because I was a producer on a on there a you go. on a series, and, that, and that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know who control, but it all it has was it has no details about me other than my name, um, under you yep. know, different credentials. It just has producer, and it yep. has scares scared houseless, the series I, I yeah. co produced. Yeah, and I thought, well, let me at least submit because I do have an account with them. I thought, well, let me at least submit. Yeah. Information. I mean, they, they accepted my uh, website. So yeah. if you look me up at IMDb, there's a link to, yeah. to uh, chrisabalo.com. But I submitted a photo and, uh, you know, s- some other just details just to fill yeah. it out a little bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, none of that went, none no, of that's gone it's, through it's, yet. It's, it's, it's been very, a month. very strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure what the process is. I don't so either. I'm not 100%. And dependent, I don't really but... much care to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're working. I'm sorry. I jumped right in when you were oh, talking about okay. playing, a, playing a bad guy. Oh, no, I've played bad guys. I think my first bad guy, I was an evil child molester on an old courtroom show that was on back in the <laughs> 70s. I was supposed to look real innocent. Mm-hmm. That you would never believe I was actually the bad guy. Right. And the best part was when I got to turn and go, yeah, that's me. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, the reveal at the end, at like the he end. was guilty. And I got to play kind of a bad guy on the series Cold Case a few oh, years right. ago. Right. Where I was not a bad guy, but I wasn't a very nice person. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I like playing bad guys. And I don't get the opportunity because I have the castable face of a likable person. <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally nonsense, but it's just well, the way it is, you know. And you are limited by your 
actual appearance. Yeah. Even though oh, most yeah. actors don't want to hear that, it is absolutely true. Yeah. You know, you don't look like an axe murderer. You know, mm-hmm. What does an axe murderer look like? I always tell a guy, <laughs> if Hollywood says you look like an axe murderer, mm-hmm. you're going to play nothing but axe murderers. Sure. And that's what you're going to be. You know, if you got that crazy look. Some people were able to kind of get out of it. I'm trying to think of a great one. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> All he could ever play was crazy, weird, yeah, like you know, Jeffrey people. Dahmer types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to look for an axe murderer, then you, you, you hired Steve. But he was kind of able to work his way out of that into other things, and oh, especially yeah. comedy and stuff, which he's actually quite good at. No, he, yeah, he he's is. He's quite good. He did. And, um, yeah. But it's just um, you are what you are. You know, it's it's funny, too, that you mentioned Steve Buscemi, because it's yeah. one of those kind of preconceived notions, because even with doing voice acting, like, for a while, I was reticent to even refer to myself as being an actor, just because I thought there's a whole set of perceptions that come with that when it comes to how other people view you. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but the thing is, when you say, if someone says, I want to be an actor, I want to be an actress, everyone immediately thinks you want to be leading man, leading oh, lady, whatever. Yeah, yeah everybody star. looks at movie star. Yes. That's where everybody leaps to. Not to say it's wrong. No. But when you, I mean, if Steve Buscemi says, I'm going to go to Los Angeles or New York and I'm going to be an actor, well, I'm nope. sure there must have been a couple of guffaws oh, when he I'm when sure he got in the car and headed one. home. <laughs> yeah, like he's going to be an actor. Yeah, like, like yeah, you know. think well, he's Cary Grant. Yeah. yeah, but that's, and that's exactly, yeah, I think most people think of movie stars and, where in fact ninety nine percent of actors in the world nobody even knows who they are. Yeah, I mean, just schmoes. They just no offense. Just, yeah, just, as we always just say, that guy. He's that guy. Yeah. And um, two documentaries. And that there's guy, nothing by the way. absolutely wrong with being that guy. I've been him many, 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 many times, <laughs> and it's perfectly okay. You know. Um, yeah. I'm, you know. But but I would love to be a bad guy. I'd love to be an axe murderer and be hunted down by uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones through the woods and stuff. It'd be okay. I, I think yeah. we should rally because I know I know you're a huge fan of Justified as we talked about oh, last time oh, and that I love yeah, that that, yeah. That, that time has passed. We gotta it figure has. out we, we gotta talk to the blacklist people and get you on there. Because that's my current favorite show. I mean yeah, it, I love that show too. I love the way they, they dig uh, some unused actors out of the woodpile and put them to work. And yeah. It's just wonderful and downside for me and it shoots in New York. Yeah. And unless yeah. you're a, a let, for them actually to take an actor to another city or another town, mm-hmm. they got to be nobody there that they could hire. Yeah, I mean it's literally what it comes down to. Yeah, which is a drag. Uh, many times I've been placed on what's called a, a waiting hold to see if they couldn't find somebody and where Who's they were local. Right? Yeah, before they uh, that happened on a, a George Clooney movie, the political one uh, where Michael he was, Clayton. Uh, no, the, the where he was running for president. Uh, Oh, um, of Ides of March? That's that's yeah. the one. And they were shooting in Ohio and Indiana, and I got a call. Could you videotape yourself playing this part real fast and send it? Mm-hmm. Then I realized what they were doing. They were trying to find somebody there, but they were looking for a backup. Ah. It was his opponent, a candidate. Oh, right. Yeah, in a little, little debate situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I... Of course, jumped right in, taped oh, my little audition, and mm-hmm. set it off. And uh, of course, then all, all of a sudden, you never hear anything. So that's yeah, the way it works. That's you know? that's the nature of but it. That's so you you get so you can't even care. People say, "Don't you get worried? Don't you fret? Don't you want to know?" No. The minute you walk out the door, you have to let go of it. Yeah, it's gone. Wasn't even here. Never happened. And then, because so, that has actually happened to me, where my agent will call and go, "Okay, they want to book you on that job," and I'll go, "Uh, what job is that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't yeah. know what he's talking about. 
you know, where you played the, the minister uh, in the small town and I, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, I mean, you really let it go. You have to. Yeah. It's hard to do when you're new and you're young. You keep thinking, I wonder what I did wrong. I wonder what I did right. He did, yeah. he did nothing. He didn't do anything wrong. It's, or yeah, right. it it's just, very rarely has a lot to do with you. It's, yeah. They know what they're looking for. When and they see it, they'll they know. They see it, they know it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So it, you know, all you can do is go in and do yeah. whatever it is you do. It's like I had, um same thing. I had... um excuse me, my agent did a, an availability check for something. Yeah. And I had to specify, I had to ask, well, what, which one is it? Yeah. And then when he told me, I clicked, I was like, oh yeah, I, I read that like um, yeah. two weeks ago. Oh, and, or sometimes in, in features, it could be months ago. Oh yeah. TV is right now, but features are sometimes months out and you forget, you really forget. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> but, but that's, and it's, it's one of the things I've said on here, you know, with the, a lot of, performers and whatnot have come on actors writers etc sure. um and they've all said the same thing but it's one of the things i like to to kind of um emphasize to people it's not about uh, you can't live and die by your auditions yeah be you need to say even if you're out here or if you're coming out here for anything you have to set yourself up so your life is good oh, yeah. because you can't you can't put too much because there's too much of it that's out of your hands it, virtually it, all of it, it is out of your hands all of it is out of you your can hands. do whatever it is you can lose you do. a job because you're too short too tall your eyes are the wrong color mm. because the actor you're working with is short or tall or you know i mean it's just it's impossible to actually oh yeah know something you know um the only time they're ever going to tell you the truth is if they know you very very well right you know right yeah, and I've had that happen. I remember when, because I'd been on Star Trek Next Generation, they were casting the, what was the one that came after that? Uh, Deep Space Nine. No, Deep Space Nine was already on. When oh, was, oh, they were, oh, they ran they were together? On, okay. Well, they were um, overlapped a couple of years. Voyager? Yeah, it would have been Voyager. Okay. And the casting director from Star Trek brought me in, mm -hmm. and I had to learn to speak. It was a throat, yeah, because Voyager, no, was it, or the or the second one with Scott Bakula, the it oh, was, it was before. It was a predecessor one, right? It was supposed to happen okay. before the next well, one. I can't remember and the they name. They didn't of it. have the automatic translators to translate uh, whatever foreign or space language you oh, were speaking, right. <laughs> and so they wanted me to learn to speak some god awful foreign thing. Uh, <laughs> you know where you go, you know this mm -hmm. kind of stuff, and actually believe it. You know, like <laughs> when they do Klingon and, and right. stuff. And uh, how am I going to sell this? You know, I don't I even understand. And I did it. And the guy looked at me. He goes, I, I've known him for so many years. He mm. goes, there'll be other opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually was fine because mm -hmm. I didn't feel right doing it anyway. I knew it right. was stupid and ludicrous. And, and I, I just couldn't buy into it. And so that, and that, it kind of ruins it right there. Yeah. You know, well, I, th I think a lot of times being the audience, you can watch something oh, and yeah. say, yeah. that person doesn't fit. Or you can right. say, I mean, I mean, That's especially somebody's when, girlfriend or somebody's, uh, yeah, it's a favor. And it, yeah, favor it can, part. it can take you out of no, it you if can. you see, or same thing when it's like with, um, I mean, one of the more infamous examples of, uh, of late was in the, Last three Star Wars movies where it's like Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman, zero chemistry. Oh, I was like, there's oh, nothing oh, going oh, on. That's true. And ultimately, he virtually he almost dies for, yes, for this yes, woman and yes. she dies. But there's no anything. It's just like, it's like you could tell. And that's, but the, and that's one of those things where it's like, that's why they do chemistry reads. Well, chemistry is, that's yeah, absolutely incredible. Project I'm working on right now couldn't possibly work without chemistry. Hmm. Um, 
I can't tell you much about it because I have a non-disclosure agreement. No, for sure, yeah. I, I'm doing a pilot, and and um, I'm one of the two leads, which most people will find absolutely impossible to believe. <laughs> but it's about two older guys, and um, it took a long time to cast it because the two guys had to actually... First, first of all, you're supposed to know each other for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Black guy and a white guy working in the same business for 40 years, and they retire, and then this is the story after they retire to go off to do something else. That's as, as much as I can say. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, if you've known each other for 40 years, you've you know busted each other's balls for 40 years, you've you know been to each other's house, you've known sure. your children. You have you, a shorthand you, with you, each other. No, yeah, it. you have your inside and jokes. And you've got to know how to do that. And um, we... They paired me up initially with the fellow, Lou Beatty Jr. is his name. I can give you that. Look him up on IMDb. He's got a lot of zillion, <laughs> zillion credits, too. You can see half his credits half on his IMDb. Credits and Lou Beatty. And um, he is such a great guy, and we really hit it off from day one. And they knew we worked together well, but they kept pairing us up with other people. Now we're going to put you with this guy. Now we're going to put you with this guy and this guy over and over and over again. So when it gets to that point, you know they're very interested. You just don't know what, what they're looking for. You really still don't know. Mm. And then finally the director said one day in one of the last auditions, he goes, I don't know why we're doing this. He goes, we've already got the two guys. That, you know, <laughs> that this is it. Right. Because we can, we, we can read each other's minds. I can't even explain it. You know, and they, it's Which a, is exactly like old friends. That's, and that's it. And you, uh, this show is about... I don't know, forty percent improv, and mm-hmm. so you you got to have somebody that can jump right you can in, patter with, with you, yeah. You can patter, or at least give you a look to kill the powder, which on TV <laughs> you, you can do, like oh, right. oh please look, you know, where you roll mm-hmm. your eyes. But you got to be able to do that. And we shot the pilot, we shot the first piece of it a couple of months ago, and then we got some interest, and we've added more scenes and more scenes, and we just shot. Two more scenes this past week out in the desert near Acton, and that's one place you never want to spend a day, <laughs> uh, you know, just on your own. Nothing wrong with Acton, Acton, and Acton. but uh, it's out there, and there's a whole lot of nothing out there. <laughs> but no Acton people calling me because I know it's a big movie community. Please, I don't take no, you know, no threats. I have friends there. <laughs> He's just saying, don't go there looking for stuff. Yeah, is just, all. Uh, yeah, is yeah. All. If you're working, it's unless bad. you want to visit Vasquez Rocks, one of the greatest of film course. locations on the face of the earth, which is almost to Acton, <laughs> and uh, but it's not not in Acton, and uh, but it's so important to to have that chemistry with people. And I've had it with even big stars. You get on a show, and there's just some reason it just clicks. Mm-hmm. Just it just works. I mean, you have such an ease with somebody. And you can have it with a not important actor, and you can have it with an important actor. Right. And it's so much better when you actually do click. Oh, it's so much better. <laughs> because trying to fight your way, like you say, people with no chemistry, the audience is going to look and go, those two people wouldn't be together under any circumstances right. on the face of the earth. Why would you ever put them together? Yeah. Why? You it's, know? Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things I've said repeatedly. Like, every, everybody sets out to make a great movie, oh, great TV show. Oh, bad great po- Yeah, nobody signs on or, or gets something started and hopes it's not going to turn out. But the amount of things that need to go right yes. in order for it to, for it to be good. Yeah, not boy. even great, 
not classic, just good. Yeah. There's yeah. so many variables that uh, need to line up. Yeah, you rarely get really good. Yeah. All you hope for is good. Yeah. Well, that was good. I every, like that. Every yeah. year, how many movies can you name at the end of the year? It's like, that was a good movie, you know, that you went and saw and come, well, now we're closing in the end of the year. When you look back in, two, I mean, not not asking for a list, but like when yeah. you look back, it's just like, how many movies were really were really good. How many movies, how many good movies I see this year? How Not many good books? Many, how many good true. TV yeah. shows? Yeah. Well, and and you do movies. I did a movie. In fact, I I'm so amazed they haven't released it yet. I did this movie 4 or 5 years ago. Oh wow. Low budget movie. I think it's in the IMDb, but nobody's ever seen this movie. It's called Price to Pay. Hmm. It's a good title. Jason Statham movie? No. Oh, uh, no. just a guess. Uh, uh director was Michael McCready. Who's doesn't? That's not his business. He was like a guy that just got this whole thing together. Mm -hmm. But the girl who stars in it at the time was totally unknown, and I thought, and she was real pretty and cute, and it was it's a it's a pretty clever movie. I I actually thought it was pretty good. Never was released. Then she up and married Johnny Depp, (laughs) Amber Heard. Yes, yeah. And I'm thinking, if I own this movie, I would be. Right now, I don't care if it's going straight to DVD, if sure. it's going to stream. You're going to go with so, that because yeah. she's in a lot of movies right now. She, and besides yeah, she being is. married to Johnny Depp, yeah. and I'm thinking, why wouldn't you take that, what you, you would got, think. and and use it? But I don't, I don't even know who owns the movie. Don't mm. even know who owns it. And there's enough options now. Like there's oh, a lot of it's like yeah. in the last few years, especially it's yeah. been like Netflix has been buying up movies at oh, film absolutely. festivals. Like oh, I have a friend who um, he just announced it uh, yesterday, yeah. actually. Um, who I'm, I'm trying to get on as well. Another another on screen actor and um, a movie he shot earlier this year just got into Sundance. Yeah. So he's yeah. thrilled, and that's one of the places where specifically Netflix is buying up movies just to put them out well, there. Well, even some of the other channels buy them up. I did this movie. It was based on an old Erskine Caldwell novel called uh, The Sure Hand of God from, like, the 40s or 50s. Had some good actors in it, Gail O'Grady and, and oh, man, just good people. Dan Roebuck, who's most people who know character actors would know him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we shot it, and it just sat and went away. And, you know, you forget about it after a while. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to be in a small Texas town somewhere, and... And um, I had a really good part in that movie, I must say. And uh, then one day I got a call from one of the producers saying, Lifetime just bought this movie. Because it's kind of a female-oriented woman about, she's kind of the town pariah. Ah, She rises above it. Which is every Lifetime movie. (laughs) Yeah, every Lifetime movie. But they don't like the title. They're changing the title. (laughs) And I said, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Yeah. And uh, they misspelled my name in the credits. I don't care because as long <laughs> as the checks come, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. That's, maybe, that's when, maybe that one isn't on there because they misspelled my name. I don't know. I think, it, yeah. I think just, it is. If on it's IMDb. spelled right on the check. Let's... Well, and again, again, it, it, and then you say, well, it was filmed as the sure hand of God, but it aired on Lifetime as, get ready for this, one of the worst titles <laughs> in the world. I'm ready. Even Sinners Have Friends. That's that's not a very lifetime title at all. And when I heard that, I thought I was going to die. But there it was, <laughs> and it's there. Wow! And uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, between the two names, I can't help but think the brain trust of Lifetime would. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess the idea is it's a story about redemption. But what? That's a I know. That's a, that's a little wacky and, title. And it was, I mean. and and a lot, there were a lot. I'm trying to think of the daughter, she's become very famous. Uh, 
She was on House, and now she has Once Upon a Time. She's the star. Oh, I see. I can picture it. I yes, can't think of her I name. I can too. But she was the right. uh, she was this woman's daughter in this mm-hmm. movie. Yes, I think it was her first big part, or even a small part. Mm-hmm. And you and you see people in these movies, and you say they go on. Look what they go on to. You know, <laughs> some people have endurance and they have the likability factor and they're able to continue on. Right. Some people can marry Johnny Depp and it doesn't matter if their movies never get released. It doesn't matter if it ever gets out of here. And other people, you know, end up headlining their own shows after batting around for years like Scandal, which you you were on, a well-loved show. And that was an interesting show to do too. I worked with the director before and we were doing a scene. I'm in a, I played a, executive who was accused of killing a hooker as if i would ever do something well so I was kind of a bad that's guy. why it's called acting <laughs> kind of a bad guy i remember uh carrie's questioning me and she's going uh did and i had my lawyers there another lawyer but you know she's the fixer so she's gonna right. fix this did you know this person well yeah yeah i did <laughs> but i didn't kill her you know i mean mm-hmm. i do have a I had a relationship. Well, it wasn't a relationship. But, you know, it was one of those <laughs> technically kind of a business relationship. A business relationship. <laughs> I didn't kill her. Tug it on your collar. Yeah. Kid. And what were you doing when she died? Well, I, had, I was there, but I, you know, not not at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was it was one of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But it was so fun. And the director I'd worked with on the old series uh, Providence, which I had many oh, right. episodes of. I was I was a very arrogant. Oh, I loved him. He was an arrogant <laughs> chef. <laughs> You know, you don't know what you're doing. I'm the most perfect chef in the world. Mm-hmm. And I had a very fun run with that because the star's sister was going to cooking school to be a chef. And they always had uh. these scenes in chef school. And it was it was me. And the producer of that was, uh, uh, was uh, oh, he and his brother are both Randy Zisk. And there's another one. There's another Zisk, and they did. He did weeds, so I knew all. The, oh, right. I knew all That's the it. Zisk brothers. Yeah, and you you had a run on and weeds I, and as well. I yeah. did have a run on weeds, and and so um, I'd worked with Randy Zisk, and he was doing the scandal episode, and we're sitting lining up a shot or doing something, and one of the and the guy on Scandal, the nasty one though, the bad guy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I um, can't think of his I'm, name. Yeah, I'm drawing Guillermo or whatever his name mm-hmm. is. He was on Weeds, too. So it's, oh, cool. it's amazing how you go from show to show. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, he killed me on Weeds. And I was, oh. I was very put out by that. <laughs> but um, but so, and Carrie says I'd mentioned I'd been on other shows with Randy Zisk. And I'd worked with both Zisk brothers. Somehow that came up. And right in front of Randy Zisk, Carrie Washington goes, which one you like better? <laughs> and Randy stops and he turns and looks at me mm-hmm. and I go, Well, Randy, that goes without saying. Yeah, it's of tremendous, of course. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's an underappreciated force of nature in this yeah, business. That's yeah. right. And she goes, Boy, you really know how to play this game, don't you? And I said, Yes, I do. Thank that's, you very, very much. That's how you survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, God, yes. But uh, that was fun. And, uh, you know, and so you just show, as you say, and you get, it becomes your slogan you show up and you suit up. Mm. You know, that's what you got to do, you know. And um, a most recent TV appearance, probably, it might be somebody that actually knows it. It's on Comedy Central. The show is oh. called Review with Andy Daly. Right. He's a reviewer, but he doesn't review movies or TV. He reviews life mm-hmm. and and his place in it, and which is kind of a strange concept. And uh, I'd never heard of it, never saw it. 
got a, just a call out of the blue one day. They would like you to play a Crazy Uncle Walter on review. I didn't even know what it was, mm-hmm. but I knew there was a paycheck involved. And I said, sure. I'd be happy to be Crazy Uncle Walter. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have to audition. I didn't do anything. Oh, it was just well, a straight offer. That's, you yes. Know? And, the answer and is it, yes. After you've been around a while, you get more and more and more of those, by mm. the way, where you don't have to actually go. In fact, Scandal was a straight offer. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a straight offer, because I'd known those casting people and some mm. of the people involved forever. And and, it, and all they think, of, they they run it through their mind and go, can he do this? Yeah, he can do this. You know, and that and that's really what it comes right. down to. And then you get to bypass the process. And you of, get to bypass yeah. the process. And the process is, uh, I mean, I still have to do it. I still have to do it. But uh, sure. yeah, nowadays, though, you're seeing named stars auditioning. People yeah. who've been series regulars on shows, and you... They still have to go out and show what they can do, and I I find that appalling. But it didn't used to be that way, right? Yeah, yeah it there didn't was used to be that way. It's um, I'm see now I'm drawing a blank yeah. on his name. He's on Criminal Minds. Is it Shamar Moore? Is that who I'm thinking of? The black guy. Yes. Yes. That's okay. Him. Yes. yes, that's him. Yes. Um, I saw he was doing an interview. Uh, he was on a show. I was uh, I was working on a talk show, and um. He mentioned, because he just got an Instagram, an Instagram account, and he said, well, I just started it because he's like, every time I go into audition, I'm asked how many people follow you, follow you on Twitter, on oh, Facebook, yeah. on Instagram, yeah. blah, blah. And I'm thinking, number one, I know it is Shamar Moore. I know him because he was on, I don't remember which CBS soap opera my mother watched back yeah, in the yeah, day, yeah, yeah. but I knew of him by face and by name sure, from sure. you know 25 years ago. And um, I thought, here's a guy, and Criminal Minds has been on for like, 12 years or oh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, aside from everything else, which I'm like, it's, I, I guess now they want you to bring something more to the table than just your chops. They want you to bring an audience. That's but what I they thought, want. he's still got to audition. <laughs> like, oh, that's yeah, one of those yeah. where I thought, like yes, he said, yes. oh, long yeah. runs on series. Oh, and they're no, still. I've, I've been in the audition room or the waiting room with people that, that you would not believe in a million years would have to audition for something. Really? Famous. I mean, famous people. Anybody John O'Hurley. The, from that's from another, Seinfeld, that's another name. He right, was, right, he, right, From with the silver hair, mm-hmm. he was Mister, uh, you know, the Elaine's boss. Yeah, so, no. who uh, who's just funny and hysterical and been on a million shows. Right. And everybody's seen Seinfeld. So oh, that's... everybody, and he still has to go out and audition. really, yeah. And it's just astounding to me, you know. Uh, the great actor Hector Elizondo, though, I remember talking to him one day about it once, and he mm-hmm. said, "Talk about that guy." But he's always he's on. What is he on now with uh, Tim Allen? He's the, oh, um, the last old, man standing, the older yeah. guy, the boss, right? The, uh, yeah, and and Hector's a great character actor. We were talking about auditioning, and he said, "I will take a meeting. Mm-hmm. I will have lunch. I will babysit your children. I will water your lawn, <laughs> but I will not audition for you." <laughs> but see, he's the kind of guy that can get away with right, that. right, yeah. I will not audition for you. He, he <laughs> considers it at this point of his life an insult. Oh, sure. And it is. When you have such decades of a career behind you and, and notable. of hours And you've been in every Gary and, Marshall movie. And, and you you've know. been on Broadway and you've been, I mean, you know, and it's just yeah. an amazing thing. Because yeah. like, then it's, you would, there's a point where it's like, well, what do you need to know? Yeah, <laughs> like, what, yeah, <laughs> yeah what do you need to know? Well, the, uh, well, what do you need to see that you can't find in I may have thousands said this, of hours? I mentioned this the last time. The gr- one of the greatest character actors in the world is Hal Holbrook. Mm, of course. Who is, you know, Oscar winner and everything. And he says, I was talking to him one day, 
And I get, it's fortunate on shows where you get to sit and talk to people like this. Sure, yeah. And we were talking about our dish. He says, I, he said, I had to go in recently, and I walk in, and everybody in the room is 15, you know, the <laughs> producers and writers. Sure. He says, yeah. and I can't hold it against them because they really don't know me. Hmm. And, and the director, young director, looks up and says, well, Hal, what would we know you from? <laughs> And he says, I think I'm going to start taking my Oscar to the auditions with me. There you go. And just set it up on the table, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, uh, and he, says, <laughs> he's, he says, where do I start? Where do I? Mm-hmm. He says, without sounding like the biggest braggart on the face of the earth, you know, Tonys, Emmys, Oscars. This is, I think he's, he's, not, he's not the four for, he doesn't have the Grammy, but he's got right, the other right. three. He's got the other three. And, and he's, I mean, it's like one of the most beloved character actors on the face of the earth and these pe- nobody knows who he right. is which tells you the casting people today they don't know what came before there's a they really weird know. divide yeah. when it comes to what i'm gonna put this on millennials slash generation y yes where they don't know anything they didn't come up with yeah and they don't want to know anything <laughs> that they didn't and, come up and, with and it's right and 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 it's like when people see a black and white movie they go but it's in black and white yeah well yeah. what's that got to do with anything yeah, that's not it. That's just an Some aesthetic. Some of the greatest it's... movies ever made were in black and white. Of course. You know, and it's like, wow. Because people think, well, that's old-fashioned. It's old-fashioned. Yeah, but that's... Yeah. Uh, it, there's such a weird... I mean, it's strange for me not being... I mean, I'm 34, so yeah. it's not it, It's not that long ago that I... You know, I, I uh, graduated high school in 2000. Yeah. So it's not that strange. But, I mean, I still... I mean, even when it came to music, the first thing I did was go back and listen to other stuff. Well, it's just like, to. yeah, it's like, ooh, what's that? Uh, all right, Eric Clapton was in Cream, oh and my. he listened to a lot of Robert Johnson, wow. and then you go back and you take yeah, yeah, all yeah. stuff. And now it's when everybody has something the size of a, a matchbox in their pocket where they can look up this information. Anything they want, and they don't. Yeah, they don't. It's astounding they don't to me know how they're absolutely correct. And yeah. it's, especially when you can look, just be like, you know, Hal Holbrook. It's like. Wow, he has six thousand credits. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. And yeah. that's just TV and film. That's exactly right. Yeah. And it's it's funny, but it's like yeah, if you're not if you're not doing something current, you're completely off yeah. the radar. But then again, there are some young people who who do it right. They learn from when I first went to acting, took tried to take it seriously. I had a great acting teacher who's also a fantastic actor, long gone now. But he insisted that you start from the beginning. If you're going to be an actor, it seemed crazy, but we would do classes for five or six weeks on nothing but the Greek plays, hmm. the Greek tragedies. You have to right. learn where it all came from. That was the beginning of acting, basically. That's basically, smart. Yeah. yeah. And then you went to the Restoration comedies. You went to the Shakespeare. You went. You studied it linearly mm-hmm. all the way down through there, and it seemed crazy at the time. But then you learn there's a there's something to be learned from every one of those eras and something to treasure in every one of those eras. And so you, we learn from the beginning. And in film school, when I went to film school, you'd sit for hours watching great movies, watching great movies. We were talking before we started taping about writing teachers, and it's Robert McKee or McGee. I think it's McKee. I think it's McKee, yes. He does something in his class. I took it so long ago. Where you watch great movies and watch why they're great. Why are they great? And even from a cinematic thing, and we watched one of the true legends, Casablanca. 
And then he would stop the frame and say, look at this frame. What, what, what's the lighting in Rick's Cafe? What is that? Mm. Because for people who don't know the movie, it's when uh, all the French people were being held in, the, the Nazis were ruling the world in the Second World War, but in this mm-hmm. small part of Casablanca, it was still relatively free, but you were surrounded and you were basically a prisoner mm-hmm. in the city of Casablanca. You couldn't get in, you couldn't get out. And the lighting was so specific. It's just something never when he thinks about. There were like slits on the wall, black pieces of light. He said, those are the bars of confinement. Huh. They're in prison, and they don't even know it in a bar. Right. And, and there was a scene with him and Ingrid Bergman driving a car. And they used a right-hand drive car so that she could be on the right side of the screen. Because oh. they said the placement of the actors was so... The, nobody thinks about that these days. Mm-hmm. Because the most powerful part of the frame was the right upper quadrant. And that's where Ingrid Bergman was in mm-hmm. the scenes driving in the car. They said... I mean, I learned so much just from things like that. Right. I'm like, wow, you never think about the placement of the camera. And um, I did a Coen Brothers movie, which was shot in black and white. And it was the same thing, the detail. The great Roger Deacon shot it for people who love camera people and yeah. cinematographers. Don't get any better than that. And uh, But they used the old 10K Klieg lights from the 30s to get that deep black shadows on mm. one side of your face, those great film noir movies, you know. Right. And they shot it that way in the 2000s. I mean, that's what's amazing. Yeah, I think amazing. it was a, The Man Who Wasn't There. The Man Who Wasn't wondering. There. Yeah, yeah. That's 2001, and I believe. I, has it been that long? Boy, am I getting old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was so much fun to shoot, working on, uh, you know, I was the district attorney opposite Tony Shalhoub, who was the most expensive defense attorney in Sacramento. <laughs> 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 and uh, it took, supposed to be 1946, so it was great mm-hmm. fun. We got the, it was act old-fashioned, you know, right. and it was really, really great fun. But, um, uh, yeah, people don't learn their business, and especially, I don't think, so many people in casting are just start as secretaries, and you can't blame them, and they become casting directors. They don't know who came right. before. They don't know. And they don't take the time to find out, you know. Yeah, that's the more frustrating yeah, part. Yeah. Where the it's... only time they would is if the director says, find me a, uh, you know, a William Bendix type, and they'll go, who, what? You know, you have to go back to the 30s or 40s. Mm-hmm. Then you might have to do a little homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and learn something. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's amazing, the, the business. I don't know. If, if I were starting today, I think I'd be very frightened. It's it's very... It's 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 strange. I mean, the, on the one hand, there's all the outlets. You can yeah. produce your own content oh, yes. and put on YouTube. We can do yes. this. And I can distribute a show on my own independently yep. online. Uh, there are avenues for content aside from thousands of channels that have 24-hour programming. Yep. There's Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. They're all doing original programming, you know, it's a, via a subscription model. Sure. And, you know, HBO has been killing it well, for the last the 15 years yeah. well there's there's a funny thing i was used to do this series of educational films for disney they did educational films i made a lot of money they were union wonderful mm-hmm. educational films this would have been in the 70s and i did many many of these things they liked the way i did them and i became like the regular guy to teach kids about economics and nonsense <laughs> and the producer and director were man and wife and the wife 
had been a longtime producer of stuff, and she started telling me one day about this idea she had. And um, nobody had private television or pay TV. This was unheard of. This is all right. pre-anything. And she tried to explain to a bunch of us sitting at lunch one day, I want to go together with these guys, and we're going to form this company, and we're going to have people have to pay to watch it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. And we're yeah. going to call it Home Box Office, ah. which is what it was long before it was HBO, mm-hmm. Home Box Office. She's one of the people who put it all together. You know, it's so funny. I was, I just ah. was going through, um, I'm almost done with it, uh, uh, a Carlin Home Companion, written by Kelly Carlin, there daughter of George. Uh, yes, and indeed. She said with um, when it came to the HBO specials, they didn't know what it was. They filmed them at, oh, I forget what school, UCLA, USC. I'm mm-hmm, trying to think his mm-hmm. first special. And she said it was such a, it wasn't even a blip on the radar. I don't even remember it being no, a, a big deal that it that they were even filming his, his stand-up. Not it wasn't important. like a made, there wasn't a major discussion. Yeah. And then they did a second one a year later. And there was a little more about it because she was involved in a lot, you yeah, know, being yeah. his, the teenager, she was able to sure. work in some capacity on it. But yeah. it was a little bit of a bigger deal, but nobody knew it was going to go yeah. anywhere circa no, the late no, 70s. No. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming that this woman has uh, got a lot of money now. <laughs> I would have thought so, yeah. <laughs> I think she and the original people sold out pretty fast. Yeah, I well, think, uh, you know, when somebody comes along and offers you a few million dollars, you sure. have a tendency to that's, take it. That's literally the American dream. <laughs> it is the American <laughs> I've dream. I've created something, and someone else is going to buy it yes, me for a me, tremendous uh, profit. Let me give you $50 million for this. Okay. <laughs> okay, sold. Yeah, yeah sold. When do we close? <laughs> Tomorrow? I'll put the check in the mail. All right. right. Yeah. I'm just going to dial up uh, yeah. Expedia and get myself a, <laughs> a flight. E- that's exactly <laughs> take right. A month-long vacation. Not that I would ever do anything like that. That's no, 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 not. You're an artist. No. It's no, different. No, not at all. There you have it, part one. And next week, Rick's going to be talking about working with up-and-comers like Clint Eastwood, Hugh Jackman, Joan Cusack, Catherine Zeta-Jones, someone named Jim Carrey, and even drops this terrific nugget that Ridley Scott shared about auditioning and getting the part. You don't want to miss that because it's actually pretty incredible. So check out part two next Monday. Please follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr at Cape Pod. Like the show on Facebook. Please share. Please subscribe. And visit chrisabal.com to check out all sorts of stuff that's there, including my guide to essential holiday viewing, which is also featured on the homepage. Because it's still a few weeks to enjoy yourself amid all the stress and what have you. But uh, that's it. So until next week, for Rick Scarry, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment. <laughs>